Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. Welcome into another Red Out Podcast. Devin, Matt here. Uh, We're going to talk some Western sports, kind of upsetting 100 Miles of Hate week for us. Kind of sad. (sighs) But anyway. um, Emotional. Yeah, just... Anytime you lose to middle, it is always a bad day, and my and that's my opinion. Any, I mean, we could play be playing checkers or anything else, and I would be completely upset about it. So, debate How is our chess, checkers, checkers, team, checkers. Yeah, um, kings. They are kings. Are queens? They, are they still undefeated? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. They go. keep their back rows locked in, so they're set. They're good to go. Um, okay. In college, do you have to jump when you have a? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. Um, seriously, though, like do you, I don't know house rules how that works. So, yeah, know? what's like the real rules of checkers? I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you played as a kid, but like my strategy was always to keep the back row. You oh yeah. Never let the back row go, and then once they. You know, once you can start getting some jumps, then you can go in there and take care of business. But it's like, um, okay. Uh, so we've kind of had some interesting news pop up, and I will link the article. But uh, as the MAC conference expands, keep an eye on Western Kentucky popped up on Fan Nation here. And um, it is a very interesting article that... Um, kind of pro- pro- proposes or props up the question of Western Kentucky to the MAC. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts? Well, I think, I mean, it's interesting because the first time this came around a couple years ago, we were in like complete disaster mode where mm-hmm. we were just like done with Conference USA. We didn't know who would be coming in and we didn't know how good the teams that they had talked about coming in would be. And now, like, you have. I mean, so these teams have come in and done a pretty good job for the most part. Um, Sam Houston is contributing in multiple sports. Jacksonville State. Liberty's been amazing um, for the conference. Um, you know, going to New Year's Six Bowl in the first year they're there, and all their programs are competitive. Uh, New Mexico State was a surprise in football. So, like, literally every team that came in contributed and seems like they could actually do something um for the conference and so that was different than uh we you know we have a few teams left from conference usa we don't know who's coming in now you know you've got the tv deal that you know some people feel like as a uh shackling us down from going anywhere i don't know um but i mean it's a lot different a lot more stable i think as far as how i view the mac i still view it as an option i'd like more information like for example um, the geography stuff, like obviously actually adding UMass, uh, which was the team that was added. So it gives them 13 teams, um, is probably not great geographically for us, but all the rest of the teams, um, are within 10 hour drives. So like we, in theory, you could drive to, to whoever in the Mac and also the teams could, could drive wherever they needed to. So, 
if that was the case, like my questions will be, how much do you save by not flying everywhere? You know, um, how much money does that save? What's the TV deal with the Mac? What What's in the works? Because I think they renegotiate their deal in a couple of years. So those are the kind of questions that come through my head immediately. Um, so I'm kind of like, let's get some more information, but I'm, I'm actually okay staying in Conference USA at this point unless the Mac just blows us away. I mean, I agree. Um, I'm not uh, – It to me, it seems like there's two camps. So you have the people who are, oh, my God, the world, the world's on fire. Western can't go to the Mac. This is the worst thing I've ever heard of in my life. And then yeah. you have people who are like, if we don't join the Mac, Western is going to have to close their doors. And you go, you know, I don't see it as – it's not black and white. It's not all or nothing. I'm kind of like you. I want to get a little more information and see how things are going to play out. But, you know, looking at the map, they've got five, six, seven teams, six or seven teams that are in Ohio, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know if y'all know this or not, Cousin Todd is from Ohio. So, that's going to be appealing to him. And he's AD. I'm just saying, I'm not saying. Uh, but like you said, with the grant of rights deal, it almost to me seems like a promise ring, so to speak. Um, you know, it's a promise ring. So, yeah, it, uh, well, here's my How, how deep do we want to go here? Well, how much is it going to cost for us to get out of it? So, you know, yes, this is not a literal thing, but, in, you know, uh, your middle school aged. Uh, I'm just crushes. saying prom- promise rings get uh, unpromised. They do, and that's when... probably what's going to happen. <laughs> we're going to be we're going to be walking off with the uh, the metaphorical meme of the guy looking back like, huh? and that's the Mac, and we're holding hands with Conference USA going. So there's that. Um, <laughs> there, I give you all the visual, but you know, I I don't know if it's advantageous or not. Um, I am still a huge advocate for Hawaii to the big East. So I will keep pushing for that one day. It will happen. You know, the PAC 12 is not the place for them. You know, they need to come to the big East. They need to fly to every game. The world is flat. What's the big deal? I don't know. Yeah. So, (laughs) Uh, anyway. Um, Oh, sorry. Hilarious joke. (laughs) Anyway. Um, I mean, but yes, there are there are aspects to uh, the Mac that are not appealing. Buffalo in October, because I'm pretty sure it starts snowing in October there. You know, they get four foot of snow in January and they don't blink an eye. Um, Yeah, you know, and to the people who are well off enough to drive or fly with the team to Miami to go to games, I tip my hat to you, but. You know, if we change conferences, things are going to happen. So there's that. Yeah, um, I, I don't mean, think Eastern, Central, Toledo, Akron, Bowling Green of Ohio, Miami of Ohio, they may not be appealing, but, you know, if they're more competitive and they help us out, so be it. Yeah, I mean, like competition-wise and stuff, like there may be some downgrades. There are some people that are like, it's an absolute downgrade and everything and stuff. And it's like, well, I don't really think that's necessarily yeah. true there there have been some their football um has 
at times been better than Conference USA. They're, um, you know, they've been down recently, but they they had Western Michigan um, in the New Year's Six well before any Conference USA team ever made it. Yeah. Um, I believe they had another, maybe it was Western Michigan again. I can't remember. They might have done it twice. I, I don't know. But um, anyway, that, I mean, they have some quality programs. Some of your other stuff is going to be comparable. I mean, to me, it comes down to, um, you know, what if we get into the MAC, is it actually going to be helpful or is it literally just going sideways in the name of stability? You know, and will it actually be stable? I mean, those are all questions that, like, there's perception that the MAC means stability, but it also could mean a you know, a basic death sentence to any kind of growth for the programs. So, I mean, it's just kind of how you look at it right now. I don't have enough information. I want more details. That's just kind of where I'm at. Like, I I don't know which way I stand. Um, I certainly don't think we need to make a hasty decision, just jump in and go for it. Um, But like, for example, if UConn joined the Mac and then there was another team that was decent, um, and then Western was invited to be like, well, shoot, we can be in a conference with UConn and basketball. And, um, you know, that, that would be interesting to to have some quality, really quality programs in there. So I'd just be interested to see how it shakes out. Let's wait a little bit and see what happens. Well, here's my thing. Um, you know, a few years back, two and a half years back, whatever, when uh, the alignment really shook Conference USA, and we had teams like Marshall, who jumped ship, ODU, and, you know, several others who went to Sunbelt, who went to other conferences or whatever. You know, we had people saying, well, let's go back to the Sunbelt. Mm-hmm. And I think for the average fan, going back to the Sunbelt would be a detriment. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you're average Joe fan, yes, we see... Marshall's going to be there, you know, uh, ODU, North Texas, whoever. And you go, okay, you know, we're like, that's competition. Those are good teams. But mm-hmm. as to the average fan who goes, well, the Sun Belt is where we were. Why are mm-hmm. we going back? Are we stepping back? That's my thought. Does the mm-hmm. average fan see that move and go, uh-oh, whereas, you know, you see the conference like the MAC and they go, oh, well, the MAC, ooh. That's new. It's a new yeah. thing. Ooh, it looks so much fun in Buffalo, New York. Well, um, the bottom bottom line of the Sun Belt, if we got offered to be back in the Sun Belt, I think it would be a beautiful fit again. I mean, I, I think in hindsight we made the mistake of leaving because right after because we left. It was a big one. Yeah. Because we were looking at a better, yeah. newer, bigger, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, Conference USA had the better reputation and whatever. But as soon as we left, um, we ended up finding out that the programs that were left were kind of in the doldrums and weren't going anywhere. Um, yeah. So you had you had some really bad timing and stuff like that. But the Sun Belt also made really good decisions and brought in like Coastal Carolina and um, you know bringing in Marshall was a good move recently. Um, you know Louisiana Lafayette is a good program, even though they try to act like they're only Louisiana. Um, you know, like, uh, I'm trying to think of Appalachian state, um, James Madison, like those were like huge, massively needle moving 
awesome moves for them, um, especially yeah. in football. But they're they're also good in other sports. I mean, really, really solid football conference. Arguably, possibly going to pass the AAC in quality. So, I mean, if we if we got a chance to go back to the Sun Belt, I mean, people can poo poo the fact that we're going back, but I, I would jump all over that if I was Todd Stewart. But we we'll see how leadership goes. So, question for you: Do you think? Uh, well, let me start with this. Which conference do you think would be the best conference for Western to move to other than the MAC? It'd have to be the Sun Belt. I think I think the AAC made mistakes. I yeah. said this the whole time. I think they went to market grabbing and stuff, and that might help them have some decent TV deals and stuff and and all that. But we'll see if it ends up working out for them. They obviously have more money right now. But how's that going to work out when Charlotte goes down, when FAU comes back to earth, you know, when UTSA proves that they're not a sustainable model? I mean, there's a bunch of them that it's kind of like these are these are all risks because they're not they're not proven programs with longevity. And so I think the Sun Belt has programs that have proven that they can sustain a model and like actually be really good programs. I think that's what ultimately matters is competitive, pretty even solid conference versus, Oh, we, we can draw more people, more people to our games, but we have no brands and we have no tradition. Um, I mean, I agree for the most part. I think the AAC could be a, a competitive conference for us though, with some aspects. Um, and then, but there are, I think there's aspects of both that are non-competitive. Case in point, Arkansas State, your favorite place to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like. I don't know if they've been competitive in, since we've been gone. Like we got oh, beat they, when we were in the streak. But that was it. They do have some dead weight there. Uh, yeah. Monroe is another one. Um, I'm trying to think who else, but yeah, I mean there, there's some there's some low end stuff like the. Commerce USA has some more depth, but not um, as... Southern Alabama, maybe? South Al. Um, I mean, Georgia I mean, Southern, South Georgia State, Texas State. I mean, I won't say they're dead weight, but they're new new meat. Well, so it's kind of like, mean, eh. Well, okay, Texas State is looking like one of the their better football teams. Um, okay. South Al was the team that won a championship a couple years ago when we played them in uh, New Troy. Orleans. Troy, how about that? Troy. I mean, Troy is one of the top teams. Yeah, I'm teeing up Troy because I hate Troy. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. I have never I mean, liked them. Yeah, I mean, they have they have done a really good job. And there are a couple of programs there like Arc State and, um, and Monroe, both that are abysmal. Other than that, I mean, they have a pretty solid, pretty solid conference all around, especially in football. I just I was just looking at a map to kind of give myself a view of what or where um like teams were in each conference and now I'm sitting here and I just pulled up a map for um Monroe, Louisiana. I did not know that was towards the top of the state. Mm-hmm. I swore it was down towards the bottom, but nope. no, they're okay. up there. So anyway. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah, but I mean like like you said, Appalachian State, you know, Marshall, ODU's 
decent some years. ODU, I feel like, is like the middle of the pack, mm-hmm. and at least in the Sun Belt. Um, Coastal Carolina. Yeah, yeah that's a good example. Um, go ahead. Let's see. Well, you know, we're just Old Dominion is a good example of one that could go either way. Yeah, uh, Georgia State's one that was strong in basketball a few years ago, but they haven't done much in anything. Their football's pretty good though. So I think like it depends on what you what you're really worried about. If you if you love football and that's your focus, like I would think Sunbelt is a home run compared to Conference USA. But if you care generally about all sports, Conference USA uh, brings some things that are better than what Sunbelt offers. Um, and in some ways better than the AAC in certain areas. So, I mean, I think Conference USA has done a pretty good job of finding a way to be remotely relevant to all these other conferences compared to what they were a few years ago because Conference USA was a joke and now it's comparable. It's not quite there, but it's remotely relevant. Yeah. Um, of course, there are teams – that are in the AAC that are competitive too in football. Um, UAB, we've always had some form of issue with them. Uh, FAU's been decent several years, and then you got the Bulls, South Florida Bulls, um, and then of course you can't forget San Antonio, who's smacked us around the past couple of times. Um, sorry, I'm having to look at some of these because I'm like, who the heck is that? Um, I mean, Wichita State's normally pretty good in basketball, normally. Um, and Memphis is really good in basketball, too. Um, so there are aspects, I think, of both, uh, as far as the AAC is concerned, that are decent. You know, the conferences oh, are yeah. definitely decent. They, they um, definitely have. I mean, the AAC right now, I think, is overall probably the best conference. But it's really, really close because of how good the Sun Belt is in football. Now, the rumor was, and I don't know if it's true or not because I've had conflicting reports, that we were cuffed to MTSU to go for the uh, MAC changeover. And MTSU balked, and, you know, we lost our opportunity. I don't know how true that is because I've heard reports that say, well, we really weren't tied to them, but we they wanted to, and since – you know, yeah. MTSU well, said no that they couldn't afford it. So, but go ahead. Yeah, now, now that UMass has already joined, they have an uneven an uneven number of schools. You can't do anything with thirteen. Like when you try to sort out a schedule, because it's a not to get too really? dirty, but it's a it's really? a prime it's a prime number. So it's really hard. Um, Did you learn that in mathletes or what? <laughs> so anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but if you add one school now, uh, a quality school, then um, it's a possibility to, that Western could be considered. Um, who knows if they actually would be interested or if we would be interested. But, I mean, we were tied to middle because the MAC wanted to have two middle attached if if we were coming so that we had geographical partner or so we – uh, brought in the national market fully, whatever, all that stuff. But um, yeah, I think it was stupid to sell us attached to middle or to actually allow us to be really completely attached to middle in that conversation. Cause it was like, 
We don't need middle. You can add someone else. We're a quality ad. But instead, we just kind of like hitched our wagon to middle and hope they would play ball and that everybody would be okay with it. But middle is not an elite athletics program. They just bring Nashville, sort of. And, I mean, not even – they don't. They really don't. But that's the perception. They're sitting there in the national market or whatever. And so – but they bring huge negatives like having sucky programs. Yeah. And being on the de- on the decline when they were looking. I mean, and now you can see the only program that's worth anything with middle is their women's basketball program. Yeah. So, anyways. Definitely true. Um speaking of um other sports, <laughs> let me pull up some slides here. We're gonna talk softball for a couple minutes and then we'll talk some baseball. Uh, just very quickly go over um, softball. And sorry, I'm looking through my slides here to make sure we got all these. There are so many freaking. <laughs> but basically, softball, baseball, yay, winning. Um, yeah, yeah. Both doing really well. Pretty good sports. Pretty good starts. Yeah, both, doing, both doing very, very well. Um, speaking of, I got the slides pulled up here. Um, WKU softball last Friday, the 23rd, they had a doubleheader. They played Detroit Mercy, and Western won 8-0 to in five innings. And then Western beat St. Louis Billikens 6-5 to in eight innings. And then uh, WKU beat Eastern Illinois 12-1 to in five innings. Uh, and we beat the Detroit Mercy in five innings again on Saturday. And then on Sunday... We played, we lost to the Billikens. I guess they were rubbing that Billiken belly. And uh, Western lost 10 to 7, which is a very interesting turnaround. And then Western played Louisville on the 27th, which was Tuesday, as in yesterday, and lost 4 to 1. So that's uh, always good to see. And yeah, uh, so I'm going to very quickly here. That's baseball. Sorry. Uh, okay. So Lady Toppers. Uh, this is okay. So this is what always drives me nuts with uh, Westerns uh, baseball and softball. They have like forty-five games in a weekend, and so I'm trying to include all these. So if somebody can go to them, you know, you you can go and support them. Uh, so Western uh, is going to be at the WKU softball complex for all of these, unless it's noted. Um, and then the Indiana game will be at Indiana, uh, but on March first, which is Saturday, no Friday. I'm sorry. That is Friday. Um, Western has a doubleheader. Uh, well, they're playing Dayton at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. And then at 5.30 p.m., they're playing Northern Illinois. On Saturday the 2nd at 12.30, they are playing Southern Illinois. And then uh, at 3 p.m., they are playing Northern Illinois. And then on Sunday the 3rd, uh, they are playing uh, Dayton at 12.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And then... Next Tuesday, the 5th, we will be playing Indiana at Indiana, and that will be on the Big Ten Network Plus. Everything's a plus now. Um, And then quickly going to go over baseball real quick, Um, and then we'll talk about it. Um, WKU lost to Purdue-Fort Wayne, first game on the 23rd, last Friday, 14-13. to And then Western beat Purdue-Fort Wayne, on Saturday, both games ten to one in seven innings and nine to five um, the second game there, and then on the twenty fifth, Western beat Purdue Fort Wayne five to nothing, 
And then uh, yesterday, because we're recording on a Wednesday, the 27th, WKU lost to UK 5 to 0. Five um, rather quickly here, Western. All right, back up. Uh, on the first, Western is going to be playing uh, West Virginia, and that's at Nick Dennis Field. Uh, that's at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, so go show up, uh, support the Hilltoppers there. It'll be a pretty interesting day. Uh, you got those hillbillies from West Virginia coming down, so, mm-hmm. um, you know, go support the Tops. And then on the second, I got a typo here, but on the yeah, second, uh, 1 p.m. Central Standard Time and 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, we're playing West Virginia again. And then that should be, if I can see if I can write it, that should be the third. There we go. Uh, that'll be 3-3. Three, three. I can write this with my John Ryden hands. Uh, 12 p.m. Central Standard Time, WKU versus uh, West Virginia. Then they can go back home. And then uh, on the 5th, next Tuesday, Western's got Bellarmine in Louisville. And then that game you can listen on 102.7 ESPN Radio. So... All right, let's get out of this. By the way, uh, big so, deal. I'm sorry. I know you don't want to talk about baseball too much, and I'm with you. But um, <laughs> big deal to play West Virginia um, at, at home, Virginia. right? So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so, so just too. side sidebar there. That is a huge opportunity to go see a Power Five team in baseball. And I think yeah, they I have agree. like a really big recruit or something. They have a guy that's like one of the biggest draft picks or something. Somebody said something about that. Um, you may be right. I have not heard. Um, I Like I said, baseball, they just have so many games. It's just so hard to follow because yeah. it's almost like, hey, didn't they just play West Virginia? And you're like, yeah, and they're playing them today and tomorrow, and then they're going to play them later today, and then they play them on the, the third Friday of the fourth month, and you're going, good Lord, can we slow down? Um, but, yeah, they um, – it's almost it's it's almost akin to Western playing Vanderbilt at home, which we did several years back. Um, you know, to have an SEC team to come to Western, even though it's Vanderbilt, uh, to have them to come to Western, it's it's always a big deal. Um, so, question for you: I know this is a little sidebar. Sorry. When do Western or when does Western become that school that is able to say? Um, Hey, little school, we're not coming to you. You come to us. You know, um, like if we set, you know, if we set up an agreement, when do we become that school that goes, "Hey, we'll play you in Nashville, but we're not going to play you at home." Mm-hmm. <coughs> Wildcats. Kentucky. Louisville did it too. Um, <laughs> so um, anyway. Are you talking in baseball or just in general sports? I was just talking Western general sports. I mean, football is more guilty of it, and basketball is too slightly. Um, I mean, to get to that point in most sports, like, I mean, you're going to have to be nationally, like, elite um, to really be able to demand that as WKU. Like, I mean, Gonzaga can do that. You know, they've built up their program for the last, like, Three decades, three in basketball. three decades. For the last twenty five years, yeah, in basketball. I mean, they can they can legitimately be like, no, you're going to come to our place, and that's how it works. You know, we're going to work a home and home with, you know, Tennessee or whoever. You know, like they're yeah. able to do that. I mean, Western in whatever but sport. I'm, 
Would I'm sure to. Guns. I'm pretty sure Gonzaga's football team goes wherever though. Basketball, they can say whatever, but football, they're just like. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously a specialty <laughs> case of only basketball. But anyway, it's still a good example of a team that like came from nowhere that had no name, and then 25 years later is like they can do whatever they can demand whatever they want because they're an elite program. Yes, yes, completely agree with that. Completely agree. Uh, now, now the meat and potatoes today. Um, we've got uh, some Lady Topper basketball to talk about real quick. Um, we've got, sorry, let me see, that's softball. And by the way, I was looking real quick. J.J. Weatherholt from West Virginia is the number one projected overall pick in the 2024 MLB draft. So it is oh. yeah, a chance to see the best player in America play at Nick Dennisfield on Saturday. That's pretty cool. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I wish I knew how to switch these off instead of just having them up here so I could just fiddle with them. Anyway, uh, so Lady Toppers fall short uh, to the Mutts, 59 to 41. Like, that's almost like a football score, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Western, uh, I mean, if you look at these stats, I'm going to mark these up like ESPN does, but if you look at these stats over here, Just like ESPN. Like, do these not look like men's scores or stats? Like they yeah. had 13 turnovers, which that's pretty good. You know, 35 mm-hmm. rebounds. We did out rebound them. Like I noted, but you know, we out rebounded them, but that was about it. They had seven fouls. They were shooting free throws out the wazoo. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're hitting them, but almost three out of 10 on three points. And they're almost hitting every, about half their shots. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's just wild to me to look at these stats and, um, you know, see how well that team plays. I mean, I hate mm-hmm. to be that person, but, you know, MTSU just came in and took care of business like you should do when you're that kind of caliber women's yeah. basketball team. I mean, here's the thing. is uh, This is what concerns me, okay? what Western actually played – Real talk. They played their best defense of the year against middle. I think they played their best defensive game against middle this game. They they held them to 59 points. You know, they held them to the low 40s in shooting, which is fine. Like, that's completely acceptable against a good team. Um, You know, they they held them under 30% shooting from three. They forced them to shoot outside. I mean, they took 14 more shots. The middle part of that's because they bricked a whole lot. Um, but, I mean, honestly, like, they they did a pretty good job defensively. What frustrates me and scares me, concerns me, alarms me, whatever you want to put it, is they look like they were scared uh, offensively. Like, they just – they didn't know what they – I mean, they like, if you want to beat a good team, like, you come in and you act like you're better than them and you come straight at them – and you you take a, you, you go at them toe to toe and you you have some attitude and whatever well on offense like we did that defensively and it kept us in the game enough that it wasn't a complete disaster um score wise and everything but like we only scored 41 points and it was most of it was in the second half um i mean it was it was rough uh, let me see if i can find what we did in the first half here um yeah, we scored 20 points. Scored 20 points in the first half. We scored four in the first quarter. 
It's 14 Wow. And then the second Ooh. quarter, we kind of got going a little bit, and it was more even. It was 17-16 in that quarter. And then the third quarter was we couldn't buy a shot, but we were engaging a little bit. But, I mean, um, until the second half, I think we were just kind of – it just looked like we were scared or were tentative, thinking about everything. And it's like, you can't do that against a good team. Like you got to – I mean, if you got a shot, shoot it. If you want to be aggressive and get inside, like be decisive and do it. And instead it was just a lot of like passive scaredy cat basketball. And that's just not, you're not ever going to win against a good team. And Diddle and excuse me, Middles defense was just so, um, I mean, it was constricting and it made it difficult. And when you don't have Acacia Hayes, we've talked about that several times now, it's different, but. I feel like this game was within our grasp if we would have shown up offensively and acted like we could have been, you know, we belonged, we would have had a chance. And uh, that that's what alarms me is like Caitlin Staley, who's your freshman center, is still like freaking out when she gets a foul call against her. She's just like, oh, you know, like visibly just wound up about bullcrap that doesn't matter. You know, like there's some yeah, stuff that's – yeah, like, on to the next to, thing, right? Yeah, like I mean, you're you're now not really a freshman anymore. Let's quit acting like it. You know, like be aggressive and, and shake off that stuff and get pissed or whatever you need to do, and and go go move on and and be good the rest of the game. Be competitive. That was what was concerning to me was like the the lack of awareness that this is what we needed to do to win this game, and we didn't do it. And uh, I I don't understand why it's inexplicable to me. So I am I, what I'm writing down right here is I just noticed a pattern, and it's just kind of a I don't know if it's a guy thing or what, but Western did better in the even periods than they did the odd periods. Okay, here comes my math. Um, sorry, let me get this last number forty six and fifty one. So Western actually outscored them on the even periods. Mm-hmm. So in the first period, we scored four points. You got to the end of the per- period, like you said, we had four points. So 17 to four. We get to the second period, we outscored them 16-14. Pretty decent mm-hmm. if we didn't goof around and get scared and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so coming out of half or coming into the coming out of half there, it's 31-20. When we finished that, Western uh, scored six. They scored six points in the third period, third mm-hmm. quarter, whatever. And MTSU scored 15. And then the mm-hmm. last period, Western uh, – MTSU scored 13. We scored 15. So, every like, we scored 30. If we had played up to our potential and actually matched these other two, um, so either 15, 16, whatever, in the first and third, we're in that ball game. We're probably mm-hmm. winning that game. You know, easily, that's 60 points right there. We'd won by one point. Yeah. Like you said, I don't know if it's maturity. I don't know what it is, but it's it's very frustrating. And, yeah, I get it. You kind of get wrapped up in the game. You get, you know, adrenaline's going. You're getting your testosterone rolling or whatever, and you're just like, and, you know, you get a foul call on you, and you're just like, that's baloney. Because I play for Western, I can't get a foul call. But um, 
you know, it's just like, come on. Uh, it's part yeah. of the game. Just move on. You know, you just you just got to make the go to the next play, you know, because people are watching you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I learned in athletics years ago is you have people mm-hmm. watching you. You have people who are going to emulate you. You've got little girls. Um, you've got creeps and trench coach who are going to emulate you whenever they see you do stuff like that. That's for you. Um, but thanks. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, you know, you've well, got here's people, something. Seriously, you've got little girls who are going to emulate that, and they're going to go yeah. out to their games, and they're going to do. They're going to get a foul call, and they're going to be like, "That was horrible, ref." And he's going to be like, "I volunteer here. Why are you cussing me?" <laughs> Yeah, I, I could have called you for seven walks on the way down to the court, but I did. Exactly. But double drill. Uh, but my point is is that Western, if they had actually done well, you know, and they're scoring here, you know, they would have actually, you know, if we could have matched the play that happened in the second period and the fourth period and the defensive stand that they did, because, I mean, honestly, defensively, they did really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the second lowest amount of points they've scored all season. The only other, um, and, and on a win, I'm saying on a win specifically, mm-hmm. um, well, shoot, I pulled up the wrong one. Um, I was at ours. I was like, oh man, no, it's not. Um, but mm-hmm. Western actually, you know, I think the only other game that was this low of scoring points was MTSU versus UTEP. And that was 56 to 41 again. Uh, fifty nine was us, but that's the that's the lowest amount of points they've scored all year. Was mm-hmm. fifty six? Yeah, I mean um, it was on a win. Yeah, it was a quality defensive performance. Like it really was. Like there was nothing that we did that I was like, oh, this this was terrible or what a disaster. Defensively, it was fine. But yeah, one thing you know, my dad and I were looking. You know, my dad's kind of joined the towel rack, and he's. He's now written a couple of articles. We just published them within the last few hours while we're recording this. And uh, we were looking at the lay topper statistics. And one thing that stood out that was really interesting that he noticed that I hadn't noticed yet. He said that uh, WKU is second in made three-pointers per game. Really? Also in Conference USA, but also seventh in three-point shooting percentage. Yeah. so That seems about right. Yeah. So what happens is they're just cranking threes, and, yeah, they make some, but they take so many that, they, that they're that a complete detriment to themselves when taking threes. And so it goes to, you know, like Coach Collins said in his press conferences and stuff earlier this week, he said that, you know, he wanted to get inside the post. No kidding, because you're like one of the worst shooting teams in the league, but you crank it every time you get a chance. Um, you know, it's kind of like MTSU's men. Like, their their men shoot terribly normally from three, and um, but they, they take a ton of them. And so they're not a very good team because they take a bunch of threes and miss them. You know, and so it's just yeah. interesting that the Lady Toppers have not – a figured that out or found some kind of way to turn that around a little bit because you are screwing yourself by doing something that you're not good at over and over again. So what I was just writing on there was Western, like Matt said, we're second and made three pointers, but we've shot four for 25 
in this in this game specifically. Mm-hmm. And yeah. MTSU shot eight of twenty eight. So I mean, yeah, they're hitting double what we are, but they're not taking near as many. I mean, they took twenty eight shots, but they made eight of them. So they only missed twenty shots, whereas we missed twenty one shots. But I, it's just really bad when you see sixteen percent from three. It's almost like you really want to go stop shooting the three. Okay, and this game is actually not a good example of what, like, percentage-wise, you know, we we took 25 threes, but we took 64 shots. So it sounded like we were just overloading it from three. We just couldn't buy shots. I mean, that's part of it was we didn't make anything. But I think it was more the body language, the attitude, the the not effort, but, like, the focus – just wasn't there. Um, offensively, I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say the f bombs. I was like, really? <laughs> it was probably a foul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but uh, yeah, the f bombs were were an issue too. Um, yeah, it's just it's just you know it's frustrating that you finally get a good defensive performance, but you can't do jack offensively, and it's because. Of you, really? I think it yeah. it really was them that was the problem. Middle was good; they were good defensively, but they were probably like it probably should have been more like fifty nine to fifty, fifty nine to fifty five, whatever. And then at that point, like you're in the game, you're in the game the whole time. Instead, they weren't even close, and never really were. And it probably could have been a little worse than what it was. I mean, middle completely controlled the game the whole time. And it's just frustrating. Like we should be at this point with Greg Collins in his sixth year, you've got to be toe to toe with middle. Yeah. Middle's a freaking good program good for incel and whatever, but you ought to be toe to toe with them and you ought to win once, uh, like twice out of every five times you play them, you know, yeah. at least. Yeah. Okay. So real quickly, um, we're going to, we're going to try and do a quick preview for this. But it, Lady Tops basketball will be playing. Um, uh, they got Law Tech. Uh, that is tonight. So we're kind of talking about this in hindsight uh, on ESPN Plus. But we are going to talk about Western versus FIU. Uh, that game is going to be in Diddle, I believe. Uh, both those are on ESPN Plus mm-hmm. if you can't make it. So definitely show up and support the Lady Tops there um, if you can be. Um <clears throat> So, we'll skip Law Tech. Um, Western is one game ahead of Law Tech. In the conference standings, we're seven games out, and they are eight games back. Uh, so, what are you thinking about FIU? Yeah. Um, FIU is – I mean, it obviously depends on how Law Tech goes. It is a big game. It does matter. So, hopefully, WKU does win that game. Um, but FIU um, – but basically the situation is Western needs to win one of these three games for sure, and they're not going to be favored in any of them. They're at La Tech. They're against FIU, who's second. They're against Liberty, who's third and been playing great, really big. And Western had no, no, really no business beating them early in the year, but they did, which is was nice, but – um, I really don't see them beating Liberty now, but they're going to have to pull off an upset. And FIU is a tough team. It's in Diddle, so hopefully there's a decent crowd and stuff, and people are supporting them. 
but uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to overcome a the loss of confidence, but also the loss of a really good player that could cause some problems for better teams in Acacia. Um, so I'm hoping that we get at least one of these three to avoid the eight seed. It's I think we still could lose all three and still not end up eighth. Um, but also it's ridiculous that we're even talking about this, um, considering that Western has been top two or three the whole season and has basically just melted it down and now is flirting with the disaster of being in the playing game on Tuesday instead of having a bye or being a top two seed like they probably sh- should have been. So anyway, I, I think, I mean, don't expect much against FIU, to be honest. It'll be a really, really quality win if they do. Um, yeah. But I would I would expect, I mean, if you're just looking at how how it should probably go, I mean, you should probably be, be thrilled if it's within single digits, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a, if it's a blowout. Sadly, yeah. Oh yeah, Here's your yeah, on preview, bro. Yeah, it's kind of kind of depressing here. Um, let's see, and then of course the actual depressing part is uh, men's basketball here. Um, we'll do a real quick recap for the men's. Uh, Western loss to MTSU. Uh, lost by two, seventy four seventy two down in Murfreesboro. Um, you know, the twenty five percent from three point land is definitely a detriment when they shoot ten percent more than you do. Um, and then we had twenty three fouls. Uh, you know, and of course we're making free throws, so you know it's one of those that it's I, I I've heard a couple of well we got some bad calls at the end. Oh, there was some ridiculous stuff that happened. What were your thoughts, bud? Yeah, well, I mean, definitely. First of all, yes, that that crap at the end where they they called timeout. The official tries to give it to him and then changes his mind and calls a jump ball. When uh, went back and looked at it, and Western wasn't even on the ball. I mean, the guy clearly had possession and is calling timeout. It should be a technical foul. Western was down one, so Western should have gotten free throws to tire take the lead. And then they should have gotten the ball after the free throws with two seconds left. So it directly yeah. changed, completely changed the game. However, Western should not have remotely been in that position. It was one of the worst played games of the whole season, not in terms of effort. Like, honestly, I was proud of them in terms of how they played. They played hard. They fought. They got down and they came back twice, all that stuff. But they did not actually play well. They they couldn't make anything. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, made some questionable hasty decisions offensively. Especially in the first half, there were some lapses defensively allowing middle to shoot fifty percent from three. If you notice on the stats, I mean it was fifty percent to twenty five percent from three. Generally Western shoots about thirty three percent. They shot twenty five. Um, generally we shoot in the well into the forties and shooting percentage. And we shot in the, I think it was the thirties. Um, and then, and then middle generally shoots about 30% from three and they shot 50%. Um, and a lot of it was because especially early in the first half, we allowed them to get a rhythm by getting way out of position, 
I remember Jack Edlin one time was supposed to be covering the guy in the corner, and he's outside of the lane on the other side of the court, and then they pass it over the defense, and he and his little five foot ten legs couldn't make it over to even get remotely close to to contesting. Um, Tegan Moore did the same thing where he got out of position uh, early in the first half, so it it was. It wasn't that well played, um, you know, and we allowed them to make those threes. Um, the effort was there. Like, it wasn't like we weren't trying. It wasn't like we didn't play hard, but, like, we just didn't execute. We had seven or eight stupid turnovers. Like, yeah, we only had 12 turnovers. We probably should have had about seven or eight with how – with how they, honestly, they weren't really pressuring us, like – other than the dumb turnovers, we probably had like four or five turnovers that were legitimately like caused by middle. Um, and so it just, it was frustrating. There's so many ways that you could dice up those statistics, dice up the way the game was played that Western should have won by simply playing a little better, making a couple shots, finding a way to get certain players going, whatever it is. You know, not fouling. Like one one thing that got me was you know, Babacar already has one foul and he's been playing a couple minutes, right? So what are you doing being mega aggressive when they when they pass the ball in on your guy and you got your hands on his hips? Well, they called a foul, which you know, yeah, it was it was borderline, but like he was on him and he was up on him and they called the foul and he sits the whole rest of the half. Well, that changed how the whole rest of the game was played. Changed the fact that uh, Marable had to come in, um, and he throws a layup off the side of the backboard from the front of the rim, um, which is whatever stuff happens. He thought he got fouled, whatever. I mean, I'm not hating on on Marable, but he probably doesn't really need to be in the game very much. And it was because Babacar, I think, got impatient and uh, you know aggressive. Just little things like that, just kind of like, yeah, this was, yeah, the refs probably called a game that was really tight, and it that definitely plays to Middle Tennessee's favor in terms of junking up the game and making it less flowy, you know, than um, than a typical WKU game. But, I mean, ultimately, we had our chances anyway, regardless of the refs, and that was that's where I blame 92% of it. It's just... It was our fault that we lost, really. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, yes, it is our fault, but um, Western's fault. But, you know, the thing is, is when it is a close game like that and you do have a screwed up call, which is basically what happened there, especially with the technical and the timeout and all that. 100%. Which, do they not do a review play? I don't think think NBA or somebody could do some of those. I don't think you can review that. That's like a. I mean, I don't know, but to me, it's like a it's a official's judgment call. What did he see? He thinks he saw a jump ball, regardless of whether they try to call a timeout. If he thinks it's a jump ball, then he's just like, I thought it was a jump ball, and you can't really, you can't really refute that. Like if it was, like even the even MLB reviews stuff now, mm -hmm. which would have been the last sport group, whatever I would have assumed would have had reviews of any sort. So you'd yeah. think that like college basketball, they could the coach could at least say, "Hey man, can you look at that? 
There was <laughs> nobody around him. You're calling jump ball? Who's jumping for it? You and him? Yeah, well, I mean, there are things that can be reviewed, but that's just one thing that I think it's like um, – I'm trying to think of another example. But, like, um, it's just something that you can't – if he saw – like, the, the the rule for the official is what did I see first? Did I see a timeout called? Did I see a jump ball? Whatever. So, if he thinks he saw a jump ball, that's his call. It doesn't matter – whether they call timeout, he saw jump ball first, so that's his call. And yeah. so, whatever. He can get out of that and not get in big trouble. He's just like, well, I just made a mistake. You know, even if they show him the replay and they're like, he wasn't even close. He's like, that's just what I saw. That's what I called. You know, I, I know wonder my truth. if he knew. I, know my I wonder truth. if he knew there were no timeouts and he knew it was going to be a technical foul and he knew that it was going to change the direction of the game so he didn't call it. He calls Probably. a jump ball and lets chance you know, take its, take its course. I don't know. He, and he knows, he knows that, you know, the people at middle who paid him to do that aren't <laughs> going to pay him. So he had to do what he had to do. Um, right. I mean, he uh, got us, he got a bag of Chuck E. Cheese points and tokens and he wasn't going to miss out. I thought you were going to be like, he had a, he had a bag hey, of dog to waiting by his car at the end of the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> But real quick here, we'll go over um, Western Law Tech. I mean, there's not a lot for us to talk about because y'all aren't going to see this before the game. Uh, I'll try to get it out, but I can't guarantee anything. Um, well, let's just talk like let's just talk real quick about what it means. Like basically, if Western wins, it's a big game. This is, I mean, yeah. it's a big game for uh, Law Tech. Is a big game for Western. Uh, Law Tech is essentially tied with Sam Houston right now because I I don't know the tiebreaker situation, but Record-wise, they're both tied. So, Western Houston beats LaTeX at home, and that puts us up a game. And I think we've actually beaten them once this year, right, at Ruston? Yes. I was going to say, so, so I thought that was right. We, we would have – if we beat LaTeX, we would have the tiebreaker on them if we finished tied with them. Yeah. Um, I believe Sam Houston would have the tiebreaker on uh, LaTeX no matter what, even if they split – because Western is likely going to be the third seed, and LaTeX will do no better than splitting. Sam Houston beat Western twice. But anyway, so, like, if Western beats LaTeX, then it puts Western um, with the ability to put some pressure on LaTeX. They play, like, LaTeX plays Sam Houston on Saturday, I believe. Um um, and to look at that. they play them yeah. the next game. I'm pretty sure it's Saturday or like next Thursday or or something. But yes, they have them on the seventh, which would be next. Seventh. Like you said, next Thursday, I think. Next Thursday. Yes. Okay. So anyway, they they get a full week off and then they get to play them. But it's that that one's for all the marbles. So a is LaTeX looking past us. Also, if Sam Houston beats them and Western beats them, then Western will be even as long as we just win the last couple games. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Western still has a great shot to possibly take that two seed, which is really important. So that's what it's about. If Western loses, there's a three seed and possibly could fall to the four seed. Um, yeah. If if things go wrong, because. Um, the 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 four spot is kind of creeping up behind Western if we keep losing here. So, yeah. especially with that loss to middle, the loss 
if we would have beaten middle, that would have taken care of a whole lot of stuff. And we could have basically taken care of business, beaten La Tech, and we would have had the two seed pretty much. But now we're going to have to scrap and fight to even get the the two, and we need to win something to hang on to the three. I mean, so, I'd almost, I'd almost be, you know, I think if we do win against La Tech, then we could get the two. However, you know, some things have to fall into place that are out of our hands with Sam Houston La Tech. Because mm-hmm. LaTex or Sam Houston's beaten us twice, so they've got yes. us there. Um, however, you know we can't pass them. No, they've they've got us. You know, as far as that goes, but we could get past LaTex here. Go ahead. Actually, we can pass. There has to be like an eight game parlay that happens for us to pass <laughs> Sam Houston. <laughs> so technically, we can pass them. Um, hey, that would make some money right there, buddy. If you get you eight game parlay going. Talking yeah. about our bets, which we haven't That'd talked about it. forever, but um, but yes, the game Saturday, uh, FIU, six p.m., and that's in Miami. So if you're in that area, go ahead and go to the game, support the men. Uh, but FIU is six games back, but you can't take you can't take for oh, granted. Yeah. You got to just go down there, take care of business, and then sit on the beach and enjoy it for a day, and then come home. So, um, yeah, yeah. Let sure. me tell you what. After having a four-year-old, that would be my motivation. I'd be like, all right, if you win, we will stay. We'll stay at night, and then we'll come back Sunday afternoon. If you lose, we're getting on the plane, and we're going home because we have beaches at home. So. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Thanks. Barren River Lake. Uh, <laughs> yes, you can go sit at the lake and freeze your butt off like the rest of us. Um, but, yeah, FIU is going to be a big game. Uh, we'll talk Liberty next week, but you just got to finish out these last two. Western is technically above both of them, but like you said, Jacksonville State and MTSU actually are knocking on our back door, as bad as that sounds. Uh, they're both four games back from us. So, you know, if we screw around, you know, they could actually yeah. come up and pass us like you were talking about. All, all we have to do is win one game in the last three, and we won't be less than the three seed. Yeah, but we have to win one, and they—I mean—they definitely could could pull something off. Especially Jacksonville State. I think Jacksonville State plays the easiest schedule. Yeah. Um, okay. So they they actually have a chance. I mean, they do play Sam Houston um, at the end, but that may be after Sam Houston's already wrapped up the conference. So who knows? But um, I mean, they they are the one that poses the most threat. Middle has to play. Uh, La Tech and Liberty and Sam Houston. So they're really unlikely to do anything um, yeah. to catch us. But the point is, like, we just need to have momentum heading into into conference tournament. If we get the two seed or the one seed, the one seed would be incredible. But that would be, like, like I said, an eight-game parlay. Like, it literally has to be perfect for eight games <laughs> to go right. Um, and – but the two seed is more realistic. We probably maybe have like a maybe thirty-five to forty percent chance of getting that if we win out. So it's yeah. not a great chance, but it's a chance, and we need to you know take care of business. So definitely see how it goes. And, yeah, and uh, FIU and Liberty both are dangerous. We're barely favored against FIU. We're not favored against Liberty at all. So I mean, we we really. Um, are going to have to buckle down and find a way to win at least a couple here at the end, hopefully. 
So I'm going to go over the, the uh, upcoming days for sports, but uh, softball, um, they've got some uh, games going this weekend, uh, Dayton, Northern Illinois, Southern Illinois, Northern Illinois, Dayton, and then they got Indiana next Tuesday on the 5th. So if you go to the WKU softball complex, they'll probably be playing. Um, and then, uh, sorry, baseball is, uh, like I said, I got a little typo in my notes here, but they've got West Virginia this weekend, the first at 3 p.m. On the second, it's 1 p.m. Central, 4 p.m. Central. And then on the third, it's a second there, but on the third, the Sunday, it's 12 p.m. Central versus West Virginia. And those are all at Western on Nick Dennis Field. And then on the 5th, they're going to be playing Bellarmine in Louisville. And let me back up. There we go. Lady Tops tonight at uh, Ruston, LaTeX, or <laughs> Ruston, Louisiana. LaTeX on ESPN Plus. If you can't make it, watch, support the girls. Uh, and then on the 2nd, which is Saturday, they got uh, FIU in Diddle. And then both those games on FIU. And then tonight, La Tech, we got it. We need to win this one. It'll be finishing out the series. Um, is that game? No, that game's at home. I do have a typo there too. Goodness gracious, dude! Are you going to <laughs> anyway? Um, but yes, Moneyline actually has La Tech for two and a half. That'd be a good bet. I'm just saying. Yeah, is, uh, is it going know, up to two and a half? Yes, they have Western okay. at. Um, they have Western at plus two and a half, uh, LaTeX mm-hmm. minus two and a half, uh, but the money line's one ten. So you bet ten bucks, you make ten bucks tonight if they win. Um, so you know it could be easy money for you if you put your money on it. Uh, but and then Western is going to be playing FIU on Saturday. Both those games are on ESPN Plus. If you can't make it to those, but if you're in the Bowling Green area, go support the Tops. Make it crazy. Uh, you know Matt will be there without his shirt on. So go support the Tops. Um, and then we will be back next week to talk more Western sports. Um, we do have a TikTok now, so I have started a TikTok. Um, oh, okay, cool. So it's more or less my ramblings. Uh, today was the question of should we go to the MAC or not, or is it just inevitable that everything's going to turn into the SEC? Uh, so there's that question. <laughs> it's going to be the major SEC or the minor SEC. Uh, but, yeah, if you want to give us a follow on that, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, um, LinkedIn. I'm sure we've got one of those somewhere. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, appreciate you, Matt, for coming out and talking. And uh, check out the Tower Rack. They've got articles up all the time. And you can check out their Twitter. And they do uh, game alert, text, tweets, whatever that's called. And, um, yeah, so definitely follow us around. And we will keep you up to date on Western athletics. Uh, So we appreciate you listening this far. Like, share, and subscribe. And as always, go Tops. Go Tops. Go Tops.